Today is July 12th, 2021, and our first story. South Africa seems to be collapsing as mass riots erupt over the arrest of former President Jacob Zuma. Many people support the president, although he's been charged with corruption. Could something like this happen in the US? If they say go after Donald Trump, I'm not sure. But in South Africa, there's videos showing armed citizens shooting rioters, and so far, six are dead. In our next story, mass protests erupt in Cuba, of all places, and the mayor of Miami is calling for U.S. intervention to finally remove the Cuban communist dictatorship. In our last story, Donald Trump wins the straw poll at CPAC, a major comeback. And of course, the establishment will do anything to stop him. How does that bode for the rest of us? Well, maybe we will see some mass civil unrest, not unlike South Africa. Before we get started, leave the show a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Photos and videos coming out of South Africa right now are horrifying. Mass rioting and looting on such a scale, I do not think it would be an exaggeration to say South African society is collapsing. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. But in some of these videos, it appears to show hundreds, maybe even over a thousand people just all straight down a city block ransacking stores. You see people stealing forklifts from warehouses, just carrying TVs, supermarket shelves stripped clean. The looting and the rioting is on a scale I've never seen in in my lifetime. And maybe that's just because I'm not old enough. But this all started because they jailed former South African President Jacob Zuma. He was jailed on contempt charges for refusing to testify. Personally, they're watching these videos. I don't believe for the most part this is political. Now, even though this guy's been accused of a lot of corruption for a long time, many people still like him. And I don't know what to believe. I'm not South African. I don't follow South African politics all that much. I do know a little bit about the clashes between the white farmers and many black protesters and how this trickled into American politics when they said the conflict over white farmers being killed was fake news. I'm not so sure. I'm not saying I know definitively. I'm just saying I don't I don't trust the press. And not that I know who this guy Zuma is or much about South African history, but it's hard to know when the media lies all the time, like their accusations against Donald Trump, which typically have been proven to be false or exaggerations. And you can see that many people, while they are driven by politics in this regard in South Africa, not everybody. These videos are horrifying. I can't show you them in depth, but I can show you some which will be which will shock you. In one, there are many individuals appears to be armed citizens shooting live ammo at the rioters. One man on video says this is a war zone. It's not just a riot. There's a mall. Every single store in the mall has been stripped, looted, just ripped apart. And it seems to be happening all across the country. In one video, a bunch of looters are captured by local community defense groups. And it turns out one of the looters is actually a police officer. More damning. One video shows, uh, appears to show police actually looting themselves in uniform in a police vehicle. When you see that, when you see videos of police unable to stop looters or outright engaging in looting themselves, is it fair to say that society is collapsing? 
there's no state anymore. So here's what's next. It seems the South African government is deploying the army, the military, and many people in South Africa are outraged saying, no, you can't do this. This is akin to the Insurrection Act, I suppose. Now, it's not, not, not the same country. The United States and South Africa are very, very different. But they are deploying their military in response to mass rioting, something the U.S. did not do in response to their mass rioting. Maybe it was for the best. I don't know. What I can say is, looking at what happens in South Africa, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried that we could see similar things. Now, again, South Africa and the U.S. are not the same country by any stretch of the imagination. Sure, there's some overlaps, but like everybody drinks water doesn't mean they have all that much in common. But when you look at the actions of the rioters and the looters, the opportunists, yeah, we have that here. You know, people might claim to be upset about the death of George Floyd, but going and stealing a TV does not show that you care at all. It shows you wanted a TV or the killing of David Dorn. That wasn't about anything other than stealing from a pawn shop. Many of these people are doing the same thing. It shows you how fragile and delicate a civilization or a society can be. Now, I don't know if we're getting anywhere near close to what South Africa is dealing with. I mean, they've had a lot of problems for a long time. But right now on Twitter, there is a hashtag arrest Trump now with 200,000 tweets. There are stories being written about the calls to arrest Trump. And they've actually been going after the Trump organization. What would happen if Donald Trump got arrested just before the 2024 election. Many expect that Donald Trump will run again. What if they arrest him? Will we see that happen here? Honestly, I'm not so sure. I really don't know because I don't see Trump supporters going around doing what these people are doing. But I wouldn't be surprised if people take advantage of the chaos and then go do it. I want to read to you a little bit about what's happened so far because we have six deaths. And this is from uh, just a moment ago, published by the AP. But I can show you some of these clips from some of these videos, break down what's happening, what's going on with the, the latest out of South Africa. They're shutting down stores. And then let's talk about what they're saying with arresting Donald Trump. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com to become a member. Help support the work we're doing here at TimCast. We are hiring a bunch of journalists. We have new shows in the works. The Unexplained show is happening. It's like Paranormal and Mysteries, as well as the vlog, the the Cast Castle vlog. We're doing a lot. We're hiring a lot of people, and we want to do legitimate reporting. We will be sending people on the ground. We're actually going to be sending some investigators, uh, investigative reporter out to do some researching and dig up some stories. It'll be a lot of fun. With your support, we can expand this operation, do some real news. So go to TimCast.com, become a member, and it would be greatly appreciated. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this story if you think it's important. The AP reports, six dead in South Africa riots over jailing of ex-leader Zuma. Rioting triggered by the imprisonment of former South African President Jacob Zuma escalated Monday. As shopping malls in Johannesburg were looted, major roads were blocked by burning tires, and the police and military struggled to contain the violence. The unrest started last week in the KwaZulu Natal province after Zuma was imprisoned for contempt of court. What began as fairly small-scale blocking of roads in Zuma's home area intensified and spread to Gauteng, South Africa's most populous province, including Johannesburg, the country's largest city. At least six people have been killed and more than 200 arrested, according to a police statement issued Monday. Now, they say at least six people killed. There are some other stories that are coming out about a baby being hit by less lethal projectiles. And in one of these videos, you see people just firing into the crowd. I can only imagine this is going to escalate and get to become something much, much worse than, than, you know, we could have possibly imagined. They say soldiers have been deployed to help the police. President Cyril, Cyril, Cyril Ramaphosa 
was to address the nation later Monday. He appealed for calm Sunday night and vowed that police would crack down on those breaking the law. But the riots worsened Monday. Looting of retail centers broke out in several areas of Johannesburg, including Benmore, Jepstown, Vasluris, and Soweto, where the Jabulani and Dobsonville malls were hit. Retail stores in Alexandra, Alexandra east of Johannesburg, were also effective, affected. And journalists covering the riots for the public South Africa Broadcasting Corporation and news channel Newsroom Africa were robbed of their equipment. A major mall and car dealership around the affluent Rosebank area closed as protesters were reported in the area. Other retail centers in the east of Johannesburg, including Kempton Park, are closed Monday. In KwaZulu Natal, people took appliances, including microwave ovens, television sets, and clothing, clothing from stores in the Marion Hill and Umlazi areas. The violence began last week when Zuma began serving a 15-month sentence for contempt of court. He defied a court order to testify before a state-backed inquiry probing allegations of corruption during his term as president from 2009 to 2018. The Constitutional Court, the country's highest court, began hearing Zuma's appeal on Monday. Police were investigating the deaths, four in Gauteng and two in KwaZulu, Natal, said police Colonel Brenda Muradili. The police and national security forces expanded their presence in both provinces to help quell the violence, authorities said. Police have warned that anyone using social media to encourage rioting may be arrested and prosecuted. The way the political protest against Zuma's incarceration turned into wider rioting and looting highlights South Africa's widespread poverty, unemployment, and economic disparity, analysts said. I want to point something out real quick, though. You got to be very careful how the media frames stories in other countries versus how they frame things here. Right now, there's heavy criticism as one mainstream news outlet was saying that people in communist China are instructed to snitch on their family and their parents for those offending the, the, the regime or the party, the communist party. We have that here. We have the FBI saying you should rat out your family if you think they're extremists. It's the same thing. I mean, look, I think China is substantially worse than the United States. At least we have upward mobility and some semblance of freedom, but it's getting bad here. So don't think what's happening there can't happen here. They can very well frame it like, Oh, there's there's deep seated political divisions in this country that are so different from the United States. It could never happen. But it's not about that. Notice they mentioned this is about poverty and inequality and disparity. What does that mean? In the United States during Occupy Wall Street, you had affluent college students believing they were impoverished. You have people in this country, in the U.S., who do have massive debt, but are some of the richest people on the planet believing they are impoverished. It doesn't matter what's true. It matters how people feel. Now, of course, when you're actually trying to analyze a problem and solve it, what's true is extremely important. But when you're trying to figure out whether or not a human being will take an action, like will people in the U.S. riot, it doesn't matter if they're actually wealthy. It matters if they feel they're being cheated and they're angry and nothing's being solved because a person can be absolutely well off, but look up and see the billionaires and think that they're being cheated and that they're actually poor. Because they deserve that new generation $3,000 plasma TV. And then they riot. And some will say it's for political reasons, but a lot of these people are just opportunists who want to, quote unquote, come up. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. 
Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They say, many riders were just poor, said Susan Buison, director of the research at the Mapung... Mapungubwe, sorry, I can't pronounce a lot of these words, Institute for Strategic Reflection. It is such a mixed bag because some of the other people are just taking advantage so they can grab things that they could not have before. There is poverty and inequality. We also know that some of the criminals looking to benefit, often legitimate protests, are exploited for that purpose. This is all true. Ralph Matheka, a researcher at the University of the Western Cape, agreed that the political demonstration had been overtaken. South Africa is a very complex nation, and when there is protest action, there is no doubt that those will be used opportunistically by criminal elements. We have to recognize the socioeconomic situation of the country. Almost the majority of the country is unemployed. Protest action in South Africa without some form of criminality is very rare. So maybe there's no real direct overlap, but I'm going to try and show you as much as I can from these photos and videos without running afoul of YouTube's rules, because these are very, very serious videos. Ian Miles Chong tweets, armed citizens fire on rioters in Durban, South Africa. The police are unable to stop the rioting and looting or protect anyone. So the people have to protect themselves. Now, I don't know exactly what they're firing at these at these people. One man appears to have a shotgun. Looking at this video from from the range they're at, I don't think the 12 gauge will be as effective. Perhaps he's firing slugs, but I really doubt that. Uh, I hope I, I hope it's not that serious, but it could be. Now, I've shown you a clip of this video where you you actually don't see much, but you can see the vantage point. The men in the video are shooting. Again, I'm not showing it, YouTube. Calm down. And you can see the massive crowd behind them in a very, very shocking video. Now, I have not confirmed this. A woman says, this is a Twitter user, Gina for Gina, that there's no real identifying information, but it just shows a vehicle that says police. And there are people, there are police seen grabbing items and loading them into the van. This very well may not be looting. These are these are these these are blue buckets and orange bags of some sort. You, I don't know exactly what it is the police are taking. It could be just general supplies. But in but you can see here hordes and crowds running around looting, and some people are suggesting that these are cops actually looting. I'm not sure that's the case. Again, you got to be very very careful with this stuff because we don't know for sure, and you got to be careful with uh, just rumor and scuttlebutt. However, there is one video where you can see people pinned down and one guy appears to admit to being a police officer. And the guy filming says, you're a cop. You're a cop. A community defense group. Stop these people. I don't know what country this is. This may be uh, South Africa. It may not be. I don't know for sure. Now we have this video. Jack Posobiec posts massive looting outside Durban, South Africa. 
Look how far back the crowd goes. This is shocking, to say the least. I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you'll see a lot of leftists will say something like, you know, decades of segregation and inequality has resulted in such a massive disparity in wealth that you have people who are too poor to buy basic goods, so they will just steal them. When the disparity is between the, the, the uh, lower class and the middle class, I think you get this. I think it's interesting when you see disparity between all of the, you know, the middle class and lower class and the upper class. I just don't see the, re- the, the, the relevance when people are talking about, oh, there's wealth, there's wealth inequalities people are, people are looting because they're looking at billionaires, the fringe, massive, wealthy elites. They say things like billionaires, you know, Richard Branson can go to outer space. Why aren't we funding health care? And it's like the cost of health care is like 100 times more than the cost of going to space. And one guy hiring people to go to space is not the same thing as a massive 328 million person infrastructure for health care. Not to mention, our healthcare infrastructure is very heavily tied to the economy, and it's a very hard problem to solve. Though I think we should. I'd be, I'd be in favor of some form of basic universal healthcare. And by basic, I mean there would still be private supplemental that would be available to people. Of course, the left in this country want to abolish that. Anyway, I digress. The issue is, these are people who don't have TVs. These are people who probably just want to take the TVs and sell them. Many of these people don't have a whole lot of anything at all. And so they're like, we can buy supplies. We can take care of our families. It's an opportunity. It doesn't matter if it's political. They were just looking for the moment when the dam would break and the police would not be able to stop them. What I can say for this video, assuming this is South Africa, in this video, there's a police vehicle watching the people just run through the streets, not doing a whole lot. But again, I have not verified what this video is or where it's from. In this video, Lauren Southern tweets South Africa right now. And we can see people with dollies and forklifts. It's a forklift. And they're just carrying away TVs. This is, politics doesn't even matter at this point. You you give people an opportunity for the system to break and they will take advantage of it. This is one of the reasons why I got away from big cities. Stores close across South Africa as violent riots intensify. Bloomberg reports. South Africa's largest companies were among those forced to halt operations. And some of the worst protests the, since the end of white minority rule erupted across parts of the country, with riders torching trucks and looting stores. The nation's biggest four lenders, led by Standard Bank Group and First Rand, all closed branches in KwaZulu-Natal, the province at the heart of the violent unrest, and the economic hub of Gauteng. The companies said in emailed responses to questions Monday, Walmart owned MassMart Holdings and mobile phone giants Vodacom Group and MTN were among others to shutter outlets, while the latter is running its main call center at minimal capacity. Dizchem Pharmacies closed all its drugstores in KwaZulu-Natal, hampering South Africa's COVID-19 testing and vaccine rollout, according to text messages sent to customers. Smaller shops across downtown Johannesburg closed as looters roamed the streets while the affluent Rosebank Mall near the city's financial hub of Santon shut early as a precaution. So it's not that every single mall or every single store is being looted, mind you. Business leaders are calling on authorities to quell the violence that has escalated since the arrest of former President Jacob Zuma last week. With the army being deployed to help the police, the looting and destruction have emptied the shelves of grocers and closed major roads in the country, including the N3 highway between the port city of Durban and Johannesburg. Johannesburg. 
At least six people have died to date, according to the police. We're doing all we can to ensure the disruptions are minimized. Trudy Makaya, an economic advisor to President Cyril Ramaphosa, said in a webinar organized by the World Bank, of course, that begins with arresting criminals, intervening in those hotspots where we're seeing challenges. Bloomberg says the impact of the riots has delivered a further blow to industries already contending with lockdown restrictions in South Africa to curb the spread of COVID-19 infections, which were toughened late last month to combat a third wave and extended on Sunday. It is, it's also hampering efforts to revive an economy that suffered its largest contraction in a century last year. Alcohol industry bodies at liquor stores are being particularly targeted by rioters, given all sales have been banned for more than two weeks as one of the latest measures to contain the pandemic. Suffice it to say, lockdown measures have made this all worse. Dare I say, may have actually made it happen. During the George Floyd riots last year in the U.S., many people suspected that a large component of the riots was cabin fever, to put it mildly. Many people were locked down in New York City, in these big cities. They had stay home orders. People couldn't go outside. They were crammed in these dimly lit cubicle apartments, and they were losing their minds. And they see this video, tells them that justice will not be served, and they're outraged, and they go out, and they just let out all that anger, smashing windows, firing guns, looting what they can. Of course, many just opportunists stealing what they could, but many of these people in the U.S. did not have jobs anymore. Their businesses were shut down. They had no money, and so they thought to themselves, well, gotta stay alive somehow. And I'm sure many people decided to go out and just loot. Needed money. Needed to get it. Going to take what you can get, huh? Now, I'm not saying it's right for them to do this. But you look at what the government did with their lockdowns and what it resulted in. Some may argue the lockdowns were probably the right call because it helped slow the spread. But then you look at Texas and Florida. And, this, and Fauci had no explanation for why when they lifted their lockdowns, things just seemed to improve. Perhaps the governments were wrong. And now we can see what's happening. These mass riots, you've got a bunch of angry people. Give them a reason to be angry. Give them a reason to protest. A small protest starts. And that was all it took to break the dam. Quote, many of our members who are already experiencing crippling damage to cash flow as a result of the ban have lost their entire stores, stock uh, stores, stock running into hundreds of millions of rands. That's South African currency, mind you. It's deeply troubling. And the extended ban only increases the risk of criminal behavior, said Sean Robinson, chairman of the Liquor Traders Association of South Africa. South African stocks paired losses as investors kept a close eye on the protests, while the extension of the current hard level lockdown weighed on sentiment. The FTSE JSE Africa all share index was up 1.4% by the close by the close in Johannesburg, though the FTSE JSE retailers index fell 1.1%. There is definitely a more somber mood on the JSE today said Michelle Santangelo, Santangelo of Independent Securities in Johannesburg. South Africa-centric shares are mostly under pressure today, as is the RAND. Investors are likely not overly concerned given the recent events, but they are certainly not overly optimistic either. I don't want to overhype it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. They've deployed the army. Perhaps that will, will help quell things. I don't know for sure. We have seen conflict in the country before, and it's likely that this is just contributing to the ongoing unrest, perhaps the armed citizens. There's one video I saw of an Indian man, appears to be an Indian immigrant, holding some kind of AR. Maybe it's not an AR. I'm not sure. It could be an M16, could be full auto select fire. 
and he's warning people, stay away or else. And he looks like he, he, he does all right. He's got a little bit of muzzle control, but I'm kind of like, these are regular people who have very powerful weapons who are saying no. To me, that's particularly worrying. But I'll tell you what's really worrying. The parallels to the United States. Hashtag arrest Trump now trends after PAC creates sinister video to punish him for other people's sins. So saith BizPAC review. I'm not here to play politics on this. I'm not going to sit here and say Trump right, Trump wrong or anything like that. I'm just going to say something very simple. Donald Trump has been accused of corruption by basically every single Democrat. Of course, people on the right say it's bunk. And there's a lot of evidence to suggest a lot of it is bunk. Some of it hasn't been litigated. Sure. There are charges now against the Trump organization tax related. Again, a lot of this seems to be overhyped, to say the least. The, 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 the employment tax uh, charges stem from pay, failing to pay taxes on like some, some perk somebody received, which seems strange because typically when someone doesn't pay their taxes, the government doesn't arrest them. They just say, here's the taxes you owe us. Now, of course, you can commit the crime of tax evasion. If they were purposefully trying to obfuscate what they were doing, then perhaps it's a charge. But it does seem like they're trying to go after Trump. They don't want Trump to run again. They're worried. YouTube recently took down CPAC. It's the, it's the American Conservative Union, I think it's called, uh, CPAC's YouTube videos, because Donald Trump gave a speech on big tech censorship, and they said he violated their policy on medical misinformation. Donald Trump is extremely popular, and now people are calling for his arrest. I don't think we're South Africa. I think there's a lot of people who are acting like we are by constantly talking about systemic racism, these leftists. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe there are issues of systemic racism, but the left overhypes it to an extreme degree and proposes not solutions, but exacerbations. The policy plans of the woke left would only make all of it worse. Again, we're not South Africa. But what happens if they actually do arrest Trump? What happens when they arrest him and the news says Trump has been accused of all of this corruption and and he's refusing to testify and all that stuff. Do you think Trump supporters will protest? Yeah, I do. I don't think they'll riot or burn anything down. I think they'll march through streets very angrily. But will Antifa then show up and riot? Yes, they likely will. And once they do, what happens? Like in South Africa, regular people will want to come up and they will start looting. And then what? If the police can't get a hold on this because you've got too much going on at once, we might see what's actually happening in South Africa. Now, look, you just got to understand about these photos and videos. You see a photo of thousands of people and everyone immediately assumes it's the entirety of the country. It sounds like some of these malls and stores in Johannesburg didn't experience looting, just closed because of the threat or possibility and then secured their stores. I would, I would, I would say most people overestimate how big riots are. I, when, I, when, I, when I was in Ukraine, for instance, the Yermaidan protest, it was a few thousand people. But you look at these videos when they're with their peak, the big rallies where there's probably a lot more tens of thousands, and people then assume every street in every direction of Ukraine is lit up with people running around yelling, and it's just not the case. You'd go to, so this was, you know, uh, 2013 into 2014, which led to the separatist movement and the ousting of the Ukrainian president. You go to these big moments, and there's an epicenter, but outside of it, you walk a few blocks and everything was relatively normal. 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. The same is probably true here. Now, there are riots erupting across South Africa. We saw that last year. Riots in small towns you probably never heard of. That was the most alarming to me. And that's why when I look at this, I wonder if we have certain parallels, which will be, well, signs of what's to come. Michael Tracy is a journalist. He actually drove around after the George Floyd riots and went to small towns. He found that there were many, many small towns, most people never heard of, that had no business rioting, had riots. Windows were being smashed out. People were spray painting on the boards up covering their windows saying, please don't hurt us. We support Black Lives Matter and things like that. How did this happen? How did it happen that we had riots that weren't just in these big urban areas, but unknown in smaller towns? Who were these people who were going and committing acts of violence in these small towns that got no news coverage? Black Lives Matter, I suppose. Well, a video came out. It's deceptively edited to make it seem like Trump was telling people to go and attack the Capitol. It's not true. Donald Trump said, we're going to now peacefully walk to the Capitol and let our voice be heard while a bunch of politicians cast their votes or something to that effect. They're calling for his arrest. We have this story from CBS. Trump organization and CFO Alan Weisselberg charged with 15 counts in alleged tax fraud scheme. They say a grand jury returned a 15 count indictment against the, against the Trump organization and Alan Weisselberg late Wednesday evening. Prosecutors from the Manhattan District, Manhattan DA's office detailed the alleged crimes at Thursday's initial court appearance. The indictment alleges, alleged the company and Weisselberg orchestrated a scheme to funnel more than $1.7 million in untaxed indirect employee compensation to the longtime executive beginning in 05. Prosecutors said the Trump organization failed to properly report the payments to tax authorities. It was orchestrated by the most senior executives who were financially benefiting themselves and the company by getting secret pay raises at the expense of state and federal taxpayers. New York AG Letitia James said the indictment is an important marker in the ongoing criminal investigation of the Trump organization and its CFO. They want to stop Trump. Do you think that they're just going to sit back and do nothing? Trump recently had a a straw poll, or I should say he recently won a straw poll at CPAC. 70% said he should be the GOP nominee 2024. Trump seems like he's going to run. He's hinted at it. He's not going to say it because then he gets subjected to FEC regulations and certain laws. 2022 is around the corner. Trump is a kingmaker. He's going to start rallying Republicans and he's going to help find votes for many of these Republican candidates to take back the House. 2023 is the primary year. 
Donald Trump will likely be running. We'll see. And he might run a Trump DeSantis ticket, quite possibly the most popular conservative ticket you could imagine. What can they do? They can smear him. But it seems like censoring Trump and smearing Trump wasn't enough to stop his base from saying he's the best. So what can they do? They filed criminal charges against the people in his company. And and who knows? Innocent until proven guilty. I've not seen a conviction. We'll see. Three more years. In 2022, the end of the year, Trump will likely start making some very serious moves. In 2023, it'll ramp up to the point where probably he'll probably announce he is running to seek re, uh, another election. I don't know if it's, you call it re-election, but to get elected to the president for a second term. If they can't stop Trump by censoring people on social media, if they cannot stop Trump by censoring him, shutting down his opponent, opponents and smearing him relentlessly in the media, do you think they will just stop there or do you think they will try to arrest him and charge him to make it so that he can't run? Or what if he runs anyway? What if he gets indicted and says, I don't care. You can indict me. I'll see you in court. And in the meantime, I'm going to run for president. What happens if he wins and then they introduce charges from a pre-existing investigation? I guess you can argue, like they said before, you can't indict a sitting president. What if the states do it? Or more importantly, what if in mid-2024, in the middle of his campaign with massive popularity, They charge him, arrest him, and deny him bail. I don't know, man. Again, we're not South Africa, but these videos are crazy. These photos are insane. I hope this just calms down. I hope people get back to normal. But I don't think so. I think we've got a massive establishment system that wants power, that doesn't like Donald Trump, will do anything to stop him. They are woke, and they're willing to go broke to shut it all down. They don't care about you. I'm talking about the Democrats, establishment Republicans, the neocons, the neolibs. They don't care about you. They care about controlling the system and having their power. And they will, they will, they will stop Trump by any means necessary. If Trump does get arrested, do we start to see a mass eruption of, of rioting and looting? Will things just start to break down? People will lose faith in the system more than anyone could possibly imagine. From the ashes, they will build anew. So saith the far leftists. That's their plan. They said it during Occupy Wall Street. Topple the system. Knock it down by any means necessary. Does that mean getting Democrats elected? No, of course not. It means having the system eat itself alive and break apart. There are a lot of useful idiots in the Democratic Party who will just sit back and let it happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe it's just a bit too apocalyptic. Maybe the reality is it's all just a bit pessimistic. And perhaps seeing Trump just win, win, win. Is just more grounds for optimism for those who support Trump and oppose the establishment. Maybe they won't be able to do anything because they're going off the rails. I can't even tell you about this one story about the rainbow bleep, rainbow bleep, bleep monkey. Just put it that way. Check my Twitter if you want to know what I'm talking about. They've gotten so insane. They may lose regular people and Trump might actually just storm in 2024, take things back. And it's just victory for classical liberalism. We'll see. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Yesterday, protests erupted in Cuba. 
of all places. People were angry, chanting things like down with dictatorship. They were flying the American flag. This is shocking to many people, not just because America is dealing with some weird culture war woke crisis, but that people in Cuba don't typically protest. They kind of can't. It's a bit of a communist dictatorship. And this could spell the end for that regime in Cuba. Now, in Cuba, they're calling on the, the count, what do they, they call the revolutionary citizens to counter these protests. Yeah, the evil imperialists are trying to take over. Over in Miami, in Florida, thousands of Cubans in Florida have been protesting in solidarity with those in Cuba. And the mayor of Miami has been leading a call for U.S. intervention in Cuba. And wow. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not all about that intervention stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like the idea of the U.S. going down, meddling in other countries affairs and things like that. But I can say I am inspired and uh, glad to see people rising up against communist dictatorship. It's, it's, it's really that simple. Now, of course, we get the media in the United States exemplifying what I said about that weird culture war on the American flag, because the New York Times is being dragged for claiming shouting freedom is an anti-government slogan. No, no, well, they said people were chanting freedom and other anti-government slogans. And it's like, shouldn't you have written they were shouting freedom as well as anti-government slogans? But uh, (laughs) I think it's funny that like a bunch of people on the right are like, freedom is not an anti-government slogan. And I'm like, I don't know, ask the libertarians that. I think it kind of is. But you get the point. Let's let's check out the story. This is really, really amazing stuff. No, no, no joke. Cuba's president is calling for for revolutionary citizens to fight back. Miami is calling for U.S. intervention. Could this be the catalyst for the fourth turning? No, maybe not. I don't think Cuba is as consequential as it once was, like during the Cold War. But maybe, maybe the U.S. decides to intervene in Cuba and then other countries say you can't do this. And then who knows? But I don't really see it all as likely. I do think that we're getting closer and closer to the point where the Cubans are going to say, we've had enough, we can't take it anymore, and that system might finally collapse. The Daily Mail reports thousands of Cubans took to the streets from Havana to Santiago on Sunday, chanting down with the dictatorship in the biggest anti-government demonstrations on the communist-run island in decades. The images of protests in Cuba that have gone viral on social media prompted officials in the U.S. to call for an American-led intervention to topple the ruling government in Havana. Okay, I'm not a fan of America going around and just toppling governments or whatever, because we're not the world police, nor are we the world's government. I will say, though, in this instance, I don't think it would be anything like Afghanistan or Iraq. I think the U.S. would walk in and walk out, to be completely honest, though it's probably stupid to think that would ever happen. That's exactly what they were saying about Iraq. We'll be, great. We'll be uh, welcomed as liberators. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I think if the U.S. got involved, maybe the U.S. is so powerful it can just walk into the Cuban island and just, plus we got Guantanamo Bay. But what's likely going to happen is going to be resistance guerrilla insurgency. So it's a really bad idea, in my opinion, for the U.S. to get involved in this stuff. I think providing moral support and encouraging the people to stand up for themselves is the best thing we can do. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. They say thousands of Cubans marched on Havana's Malacan Promenade and elsewhere on the island to protest food shortages and high prices amid the coronavirus crisis in one of the biggest anti-government demonstrations in memory. Now, here's one of the best parts. How is this being initially reported by mainstream media in the United States? 
Check this out from Yahoo. Th- uh, NBC Universal, thousands in Cuba protest over COVID concerns, government frustrations. That's right. Over on Twitter, there was a viral trend that said people in Cuba were protesting over COVID. No, uh, I think it might be that they're hungry. I'll tell you this, man. The one thing that precipitates revolution is people being hungry. That's that's typically it. We saw that in the Arab Spring. There are concerns about the cost of food here in the U.S. and food shortages and what that might mean. And uh, let me just let me just tell you, America's a big country, 330 million people or so. A lot of people think there can't be civil conflict or revolution. You look at uh, Cuba and it's it's not as many people, right? It's smaller. But I'll tell you this. There are food shortages coming. There are food shortages already. There are oil shortages, gas shortages. Now, all of these things can compound, and then eventually you just get very difficult to buy food and a lack of food. I'm not entirely sure how, how far away that is for Americans, because Americans are very, very well fed, just to put it mildly. But if the, chi- if the meat shortages persist, are people going to accept fake meats, lab-grown meats, etc.? That's what I think will be interesting. I think as long as people have something in their bellies, they don't revolt. Even if someone loves a good, good medium rare cheeseburger, bacon and ranch dressing, they'll probably be satisfied with food that just food. I mean, look, people probably want that, that bacon double cheeseburger, you know, medium rare or whatever, but they're probably going to be not so revolutionary so long as there is food in their bellies. So I don't care if it's lab grown meat, soy meat, tofurkey, whatever. People probably won't revolt if that food exists. And I think that food will exist. So I'm not entirely sure what will happen in the U.S., but let's read on. They say many young people took part in the afternoon protest in the Capitol, which disrupted traffic until police moved in after several hours and broke up the march when a few protesters threw rocks. Special forces vehicles with machine guns mounted on the back were seen throughout the Capitol, and the police presence was heavy even long after most protesters had gone home by the 9 p.m. curfew in place due to the pandemic. Police initially trailed behind as protesters chanted freedom, enough, and unite. One motorcyclist pulled out a U.S. flag, but it was snatched from him by others. Cuba's going through the worst economic crisis, its worst economic crisis since the fall of the Soviet Union, along with the resurgence of coronavirus cases as it suffers the consequences of U.S. sanctions imposed by the Trump administration. It comes after six decades of the Castro family dominating Cuban politics ended with the 89-year-old Raul Castro relinquishing the country's most powerful position, that of party first secretary, to Miguel Diaz-Canel, Cuba's president. In an address to the country, President Diaz-Canel blamed the U.S. for stoking anger and said, we are prepared to do anything. We will be battling in the streets. Earlier, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez appeared at a demonstration in the Little Havana section of Miami, where hundreds gathered outside the famous Cuban Versailles restaurant, to denounce the communist regime on the island. Cubans are worthy and ready to rule themselves without tyranny, he said on Sunday. Here, here, man. I'm, I'm, I, am, I am proud to see these Cubans marching out and demanding freedom. Now, now, hold on. What's that? People were throwing rocks. I'm not a fan of that. And I don't think the Cuban people need that. But far be it from me to tell the Cuban people what's going to, you know, what happens in their country. I'm not a fan of violence. I'm also not stupid enough to, 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 to think that communists will just give up control freely. But it is possible. You just need that massive presence. Ultimately, I think this will result in conflict, as things mostly do, because the average person won't get involved. And that means there will be a minority of vocal, angry people fighting. They will fight the government because the government will have 
a bunch of people sitting down behind them, refusing to get involved, even though they hate the government. And therein lies the real challenges. There are a lot of people in this country who are fed up with police. But as we've seen in the United States, as we've seen with polling, most people want more cops. Most people aren't that angry with police. Some people are. I've gotten my criticisms. There are things that I'm not happy about with police. I think they violate the Fourth Amendment by claiming they, oh, what's that I smell in your car? But most people are not that angry with police. But there is a small fringe minority. So when they got violent and started fighting with cops, most people were just like, we actually like that the cops are here and we want more of them. Granted, I think most people do think reform does make sense. With communist Cuba, it is a bit different in that you have a communist regime with no chance of representation. Think about what that means for the ongoing culture crisis in the United States. If Republicans are completely shut out from the political process, as the Democrats are trying to do and actually calling for, how long until they go out in the streets and it just gets brutal? I, here, here's what I think. I think if the people of Cuba all peacefully didn't comply, that would be it. That would be the end of the regime. Unfortunately, for uh, the realities of revolution is that most people typically don't. And then when people stop complying, there's usually a government reaction, which could be violent. But I'll tell you this. If the people of Cuba go out and mass protest peacefully, no rocks, then the police will have no leverage. We're in the information age. Fourth and fifth generational warfare is very, very different from the way things used to be. When they could get away with whatever they want and then lie about it in the papers, it was easy for government forces to just gun people down, and then say, we don't know what you're talking about. There's no witnesses. People would talk, but it didn't really matter all that much. Now we have photos and videos. If people are being peaceful, the government will not be able to just go in and start beating and arresting people because that will rile up more and more people. We saw this with Occupy Wall Street when Officer Anthony Bologna pepper sprayed four women for no reason. They weren't in the protest. They were friends with a lot of protesters. They were there for Occupy Wall Street, but they were standing on the sidewalk outside of the protest, yelling at the cops when he walks up and just sprays them all in the face. Maybe he could have got, got away with that 30 years ago. Well, the video went viral and it ignited people across the country. The government needs to be very, very careful. Now, I wonder why it is that when we had the BLM riots, of which uh, that I very, very much oppose, nothing, nothing, nothing ignited. Like, like, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Physically, they ignited a lot of things. But where was the revolution? Now, a lot of people did go out and riot over Chauvin. That's what I'm talking about. The police did something. People got mad. But why did things actually die, die down? Why did it get worse? Well, support for Black Lives Matter collapsed because people saw the footage of the violence and the mayhem and the destruction, and they said, we don't want this. Now, I can't speak for Cubans. I don't know Cuba. But I do know that at least in terms of what the government will try to, to do, as they're doing now, calling for revolutionary citizens to counter protest, if you have thousands of people peacefully holding up their hands and marching through the streets and the police come in and start cracking skulls, that will only ignite revolutionary citizens not to counter the protesters, but to join them. And any smart government would know that. Fox News reports, thousands of Cubans took to the street this we know. President Miguel Diaz-Canel, who also heads the Communist Party, addressed the country and blamed the U.S. for stoking the anger, according to the Washington Post. The order to fight has been given into the street revolutionaries, he said in an address. Now, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Why is it that we see the leftists, the communists going down, burning down our buildings? It's because they just want power. They don't care about what the people want. They don't care about what the will of the people actually is. 
See, I actually care about democratic values. I'm not a big fan of uh, direct democracy because I don't think it works. I like the idea of some kind of constitutional republic, though I think it needs reforms in some ways because you see what happens when wealthy elites dominate the republic. It doesn't work out all that well for the average person. But there's got to be some kind of service guarantee citizenship, some kind of you know commitment to the community. For the communists, they go out, they beat people, they burn things down, and they steal, they lie, and they cheat. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And they gain power by doing it. And it's working really, really well for Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Well, to a certain extent, as I mentioned, BLM's net approval rating is way down. And that's not necessarily because they have less supporters. They, they actually have, I think, just recently dropped below a four, like there's a four year low in support for Black Lives Matter, but it was actually at like 52% in the United States, according to civics. Now the net support is dropping dramatically because not only is their support dropped a little bit, opposition is skyrocketing. When you go around beating people, eventually they say enough. Look at the response from the communist government telling people to go and fight in the streets. That's exactly what I despise. So I don't care if you're a right wing group, right, right wing group or a left wing group or whatever you want to call yourselves. I don't like the idea of people showing up with weapons and fighting in the streets. Nah, we need to be rational and calm people. Unfortunately, I don't think human beings are mostly rational and calm. And so long as there are stupid, violent extremists, you will get stupid, violent extremism. The order to fight has been given. Look at that. The government telling people, hey, Sounds kind of like, uh, kind of like Kamala Harris. What did she do? She bailed out the extremists. Do you see what these people do? Do you want to live under that boot? I don't. I certainly don't. They say Cuba is going through its worst economic crisis. This we understand. And they reported 7,000 daily COVID-19 infections on Sunday with 47 deaths. Jake Sullivan, the White House National Security Advisor, took to Twitter to say the U.S. supports freedom of expression and assembly across Cuba and would strongly condemn any violence or targeting of peaceful protesters who are exercising their universal rights. Now, how much do I care about what this guy has to say? Peaceful protesters. Oh, please. Your doublespeak finds no purchase here. We know what the Biden administration means by peaceful protests. We saw what happened in the U.S. when the extremists were going and destroying things. Now, isn't it funny? The anti-communist protesters in Cuba are getting government are getting support from the U.S. for being peaceful protesters. That's right. They only care about power. If you've got communists marching through the street in the U.S., they'll say, oh, but they're peaceful. Why? It gives them power. Made Trump look bad, scared regular people. And they said, we're going to make it all better. This is Trump's America. Then you look at what's happening in Cuba and they're like, oh, we condemn the violence from the from the communists. Bro, you are communists. But clearly, Communism isn't what's relevant to the people in the Democratic Party. What's relevant to them and, and the, the general establishment, which includes Republicans, don't forget, power. They want power. They're elites. They think they're smarter than you. I'll put it this way. There are certainly people in government who are smart, savvy in the United States, able to find a way to gain enough power, either through populist manipulation or corporatist manipulation, finding a way. I mean, it's, it's always about manipulating the average person. 
These people are fairly smart, but smart only goes so far. I mean, look, are you good at manipulating people or, or are you good at economics? Probably the good economist who can actually fix the problem is not going to be as savvy when it comes to manipulating people to get votes. So we have problems. The reality is there are a lot of smart people. I, I think it's people say Donald Trump's a moron. And I'm like, Donald Trump's arrogant and emotional, but the dude knows he's, he's, he's high level. And, and that's a fact. The dude is smart. Is he smart in the way you think a smart person should act? No, but the dude certainly knows how to run a machine. And that's for sure. Also, he's, 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 he's a, like a rooster, you know, he's like bullying people, kicking doors down. That plays really well. The people who are smart enough to get in government are not necessarily the smart enough people, smart, smart uh, the people smart enough to actually run the system and make it work for everybody. So I don't know what the solution there is, but I can tell you the media ain't helping. Check this one out. The New York Times tweets, shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. Hundreds of Cubans took to the streets and cities around the country on Sunday to protest food and medicine shortages in a remarkable eruption of discontent not seen in nearly 30 years. Let's break this down. What do we know about the protests? They were yelling down with dictatorship. They were yelling freedom. I don't think they were just protesting food and medicine shortages. Isn't that funny? Now, maybe food and medicine caused a lot of this because they know they have, a, they have lack of access to goods because of their failed government. But you see how the New York Times frames it? Shouting freedom and other anti-government slogans. My friends, now is not the time to sit back and ignore what's happening in this country. We can look to the Cubans and say they are willing to stand up to communist dictatorship. Where y'all at? They, the New York Times is telling us that saying freedom is anti-government. Now, I, I know, I know all the libertarians and ANCAPs are out there laughing, saying it is, it is. Government is not freedom. I agree with that. I agree with that. But you see what they're trying to say. They're trying to make it seem like if you oppose the government, like if you believe in freedom for the individual, that you outright, out, out, outright oppose the government, you're some kind of insurrectionist or an extremist. Now, to be fair, libertarians don't believe in no government. They believe in minimal government. ANCAPs, though, I think believe in like no government. So or like just like the yeah, it's anarchy. There's no authority, right? Without authority. I think you can believe in freedom and still respect some level of government. I'm fairly libertarian, though. My ideals are slightly left libertarian, but my realism is probably a little bit more right libertarianism. The New York Times, they are absolutely, in my opinion, on board with the idea of authoritarianism. I don't think it's necessarily about communism. I do think they're leftist in many ways, but authoritarianism is authoritarianism. It doesn't matter what the underlying ideology is behind the authoritarianism. Authoritarians just do what they want and they cause massive suffering. And that's what they're doing, what they plan to do. And that's why you get these articles from the New York Times where, well, they say hundreds of protesters. That's strange. We've seen videos that show thousands of people. And they were doing it in more than in, in, in various cities. Look at this. They mentioned took the streets in cities around the country. So are you saying that if multiple cities, let's say there's five cities, what, 20 protesters per city? That is not true. The New York Times is falsely framing this, trying to downplay what's happening in Cuba, making it seem like it's about just medicine shortages. Technically, that's the truth. When people can't get food or medicine, they get really, really angry. But the Cubans are denouncing dictatorship. They're upset with the communist regime. You've had enough. Why is it that so many people would risk their lives fleeing from Cuba to the United States? Why is it that in Miami, a safe Democrat district flipped Republican 
because these people know exactly what happens with communists and socialists. Why is it that in the southern border of Texas, we saw these, these Hispanic districts turn Republican? They were supposed to be safe blue. It's because many of the people who fled Venezuela and Cuba know exactly what's coming if you keep supporting the psychotic communist and socialist uh, individuals who are putting pressure on the Democratic Party. They've seen those signs. They know what comes next. Me too, because I've, 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 I've been to Venezuela and I've, I've read a little bit about, about Cuba and China and Venezuela. Now, I don't have the experience these people do. These people had to physically flee from their home countries because of dictatorship. Can't speak, can barely work, can barely eat. They had to flee. It's a shame. It is. But when you don't have the support, perhaps the smartest thing you, you can do is leave. But what happens when all of a sudden there's a spark and all of the regular people said, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. All of a sudden, then you have that popular ground support to say no more. Here's what might happen. The Cuban police, apparently, that what are they called? The Black Berets have been coming out, beating and arresting people. This could ignite more anger and rage among Cubans who don't like the government, but are too scared. Eventually, they realize no matter what, the authoritarians will come to your door and they will kick it in and they'll take your stuff and they will beat you. And then what happens when someone's brother, sister, mother, wife, dad, grandfather, son, daughter gets beaten or arrested? And then they're forced into the fray, not because of any political issue, but because of familial issues. This is the downward spiral Cuba faces itself in. And you know what? Good. Cuba should not be communist. Communism is trash and doesn't work. It's about time they realized this. And it's about time these, these dictators who just strangle people for power are forced out. That's, that's, that's what's got to happen. They've, they've got to be, look, the U.S. has its problems. And a lot of people are disenfranchised right now over, over what we saw over the past five years with the media and the lies. And that's why we have to be vigilant as well. Otherwise, we'll get the same thing that they got. And it seems like we're walking into that place because too many people are scared. Well, don't end up like communist countries. Hopefully, hopefully we don't, you know, but you can take a look right here. Arrest Trump now is trending with 154,000 tweets. Why? There's a video. It's a mashup from January 6th, and it frames Trump in the most negative light possible, which takes things out of context. Doesn't matter whether you support Trump or don't. What matters is that in the U.S., the rhetoric continues to escalate. My friends, when I was talking three years ago about the potential for civil war, because scholars had been saying it, security experts had been saying it, and people poo-pooed me and scoffed. Not everybody. A lot of people said, well, you know, we'll see. I got a lot of messages from people, you know, conservatives saying, oh, it's never going to happen. You know, you know, these, these street fights won't devolve. Where have we gone since then? In, you know, 2017 and 18, we have these street fights, different political groups fighting each other. It escalates to the point where we have these massive street battles. And um, I'm not going to say the name of some of these, but people died. One guy got gunned down in the streets of Portland. Yeah, it's escalated to that point. People seem to think that you need something to happen every single day for it to be a major conflict. But you look back at the Revolutionary War and the Civil War, and that's not how it was. Most days, nothing was happening. And then you had these periods of, of, of tumult. So we look at where we are now. And when I said, you know, I had all these leftists laughing, saying, Tim's nuts. I had one guy say, hey, uh, come on my show. Hey, Tim, remember when you were telling me Civil War? Yeah, what happened, man? I thought, there was, I thought it was going to be crazy. And I was like, on January 6th, a bunch of Trump supporters stormed into the Capitol and shut down the electoral, electoral you know, vote count. And then they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, about that. 
Don't be a frog boiling in a pot. What happened on January 6th is a riot for sure, but it was an escalation. What the FBI is now doing, going after literally every single person, even a little granny who the cop opens the door for. You see the video. He opens the door for she walks in. The cops are going after her. They raided the wrong woman's home in Alaska. All of it is escalation. Now they put out these videos showing Trump mishmashed out of context, showing violence, saying arrest Trump. We're in a lull period. This is a lull year. Views are down across the board on political content. Why? We just had a presidential election. A lot of people are tired, don't care. But the midterms are next year, which means the next few months campaigning will begin. Then we get 2023, the primaries. Campaigning will once again begin. And then we get 2024. Already Democrats are saying, this is it. This is the end. If Republicans take the House, it's all over. The rhetoric is getting worse. Perhaps, as I always say, it will end here. The FBI will say, look, you know, we're satisfied with the arrests we've made. Everyone's calmed down. People say, okay, we'll give Biden a chance. There's an election and Trump says, I'm not going to run in 2024. And then everyone decides to just shake hands and say, bygones be bygones. Bygones, you know, do you, do you think that's going to happen? I don't. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we'll wait and see. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. Tucker Carlson recently read a Twitter thread about why Americans do not trust the electoral process right now, why so many Americans don't. And this Twitter thread goes into great detail about how messed up the past five years have been. My friends, in 2018, I and many others said, if you think 2018 is bad, just wait till Donald Trump is up for re-election and you will see sheer insanity. Huh, about that. Well, 2019 was kind of bad in terms of, I don't know, impeachment and other garbage. 2020 was also particularly insane for a variety of reasons. We'll just leave it at that so we can keep this one onto the politics and not just like all the weird stuff that happened with government. Anyway, I digress. If you thought 2020 was bad, wait till you see 2022, 23, 24. It is going to be crazier than you can imagine. On Twitter right now, with about 160 or 170,000 tweets, hashtag arrest Donald Trump or something like that. They're scared. Donald Trump easily wins CPAC 2024 GOP presidential nomination straw poll. The former president improved on his straw poll performance from CPAC Orlando in February. Oh, Donald Trump's coming. He's not, he hasn't gone anywhere. He has his base, he is gaining support. Now, DeSantis is, uh, is, is fairly far behind, rather popular. Many people wonder if a Trump-DeSantis ticket could be the presidential ticket for the Republicans. Mike Pence in this poll, 0%. Amazing. So what's happening? In response to Donald Trump's speech at CPAC, as more and more people watch what he says, YouTube freezes CPAC's account, deletes video of Trump's speech, discussing tech censorship, and issues a one-week freeze on the CPAC YouTube account. They're doing everything in their power to stop Donald Trump. They do not want his speeches to go out there. They do not want him to gain support, but there is nothing they can do to stop it. The FBI is trying. 
The FBI on Twitter, family members and peers are often best positioned to witness signs of mobilization to violence, help prevent homegrown violent extremism, learn how to spot suspicious behaviors and report. Hmm. Sounds an awful lot like the FBI is trying to get people to snitch on their own family members. Sounds a bit like the Soviet Union or communist countries, not like America. We stand by family, don't we? Maybe not so much anymore. Here you can see arrest Trump now with 181,000 tweets. They do not want Donald Trump to win. So here's what I'll explain to you. I don't care what happened or why it happened or what you think is happening. I will just say, if you thought 2018 was crazy, 2019 was, I mean, come on, 2016 was crazy. And every year afterwards has been increasingly crazier. They're doing everything in their power. I've seen a lot of really freaky stuff that makes me angry. There's one I can't get into great detail on just yet, but maybe we'll bring it up in the members only segment for Timcast IRL. There's a video, I'm sorry, photos of an individual dressed up like an, let's just call it an anatomically correct rainbow monkey with exposed privates. And they're using that in the UK to teach children, I believe it was in the UK, to read because the left has gone absolutely insane driven mad by algorithms. Donald Trump doesn't need social media to remain popular. The more the left goes insane, the more people see this, the more they look up at, at Donald Trump and his, fr- his friends and his fans, and they say, save us. I've warned about this. I said, with Antifa on the far left, BLM smashing up, destroying buildings, you will get more and more people begging the right for some kind of response. The Democrats got crushed, unbelievably crushed in the House. Now, of course, they still retained the House majority. But what I mean by crushed is that safe blue districts for the Democratic Party turned Republican. Now, that's crazy. Donald Trump, without social media, still is getting the, 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 the approval of, the conserv- uh, of CPAC. Let's read this story. We'll talk about what YouTube did to try and shut him down, why they want to shut him down, and how desperate some of the intelligence agencies are to stop Donald Trump. Fox News reports, former President Donald Trump easily won the 2024 GOP presidential nomination at at the Conservative Political Action Conference gathering this weekend in Texas. Trump, who's repeatedly flirted with making another presidential run in 2024 to try and return to the White House, captured 70% of ballots cast in the anonymous straw poll, according to results announced by CPAC on Sunday afternoon. That's a boost from the 55% he won in the hypothetical 2024 Republican primary at the previous CPAC in Orlando, late February. Quote, I want to personally thank each and every one of you for your incredible support, Trump said, as he gave the Dallas events keynote address minutes later. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis came in distant second at 21%. No one else among the 19 potential 2024 Republicans in the White House contenders topped 1%. Now, shout out to Rand Paul. We love Rand Paul over here, uh, getting his 1%. Rand's cool, dude. Uh, none of these guys are perfect. Ted is not perfect. Trump, <laughs> Trump's far from perfect. But you know what? They're fighters, all of them, all three of them. So Rand, Rand Paul's definitely, uh, he, he's rad. DeSantis is, and I'm, 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 you know what? I got to say this. I look at Trump, number one, and I'm like, yeah, I believe it. I do. I've questioned whether or not Trump should be the nominee because of the vitriol they, they, they can use. Ron DeSantis might be better. Of course, they're going to smear and attack him and try and take him down. But a lot of regular people are going to be like, who? 
Donald Trump, lightning in a bottle, man. They want to come after him. Now, here's what's funny. You got Rand Paul in third with 1%. Nikki Haley, Ted Cruz, Tucker Carlson, Christy Nome, Mike Pompeo, Greg Abbott, and then Mike Pence at 0%. This is something else. This is really something else. There's going to be a Republican primary to try and figure out which person will be the Republican candidate. I mean, honestly, there might not even be one. It's Trump and we all know it. They will will stage some kind of Republican primary and I think it'd be a waste of time. Donald Trump will be the nominee, in my opinion. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see. We're still years away. So DeSantis, a first term governor and Trump ally who soared in popularity among conservatives nationwide for his resistance to lockdowns and COVID restrictions amid the pandemic, easily topped a second 2024 ballot question without Trump on the hypothetical ballot. DeSantis grabbed 68% support in that question, with former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo at five, Trump Jr. and Ted Cruz at four, Christine Nome at three, no one else topped two. The straw poll results, along with the former president's headliner speech on Sunday, were the most anticipated moments at the three-day gathering of conservative activists and leaders from across the country. Trump's strong performance comes as no surprise. CPAC, long the largest and most influential gathering of conservatives, has become a Trump fest since, since his 2016 victory. 88% of CPAC attendees casting ballots said they strongly approved of the, Trump, of the job Trump did in the White House, with another 10% somewhat approving. So 98% in approval. CPAC attendees anonymously answered via an app, the 20-question survey designed by organizers. Among the topics on the secret ballot, which organizers say will give them a sense of the pulse of the conservative movement, are critical race theory, cancel culture, and border security. But the 2024 straw poll questions, without a doubt, generated the most interest. At the straw poll at CPAC in Orlando, DeSantis, who finished in second place with 21% support, was the only other Republican to reach double digits. DeSantis topped the second straw poll question in Orlando, which, which didn't include Trump, with 43%. So you can see DeSantis doing even better. Now, you look at these results. This, these are these CPAC attendees. These are the influencers. These are the activists. These are the ones sending the message. If 70% right now are saying, Trump, baby, that's the message they're going to be sending on social media. It's the message you're going to hear in podcasts. It's you're literally hearing it from me right now. Although I'm not saying it to you as like my call to action. These people are going to go on their podcasts and say they want Trump as that nominee. Now, that's that's incredible. I think it's fairly predictable. Now, what comes next? Even more predictable. We saw some of the most intense censorship. Some of the most intense censorship. Now, I got to be careful. This article from TimCast.com. YouTube freezes CPAC's account, deletes video of Trump's speech discussing tech censorship. Because perhaps in the article, we quote what YouTube took issue with. YouTube took down a video of Donald Trump speaking at a rally where he has 70% support among conservatives. I had a really interesting conversation with a couple people last week. Darren Beatty, for one, he mentioned, you know, people rag on China because you can't make fun of uh, Chairman Xi or whatever, or you can't criticize Mao or whatever. Yeah. How's that going for you, America? You can't go online and criticize certain people. You can't have an opinion about the election. Legitimate opinion. I mean, you could be stupid. I've long said this. They're trying to make it. uh, uh, They're trying to take away people's rights to just be dumb. If you want to go out and say something dumb, you're allowed to do it. If you want to go on the Senate floor and you get elected, you're allowed to do it. No. Big tech says no, 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 no. We won't allow you to speak 
but they're private companies. Great. So when you have massive monopolistic enterprise seizing the commons from the working class and shutting out opinions they don't like so they can empower their rich selves, you defend that? Cassandra Fairbanks writes, YouTube has deleted a video of former President Donald Trump from the account belonging to, to the American Conservative Union and froze their account, preventing them from streaming his CPAC speech on Sunday. The video that was removed, as well as Trump's speech, focused heavily on big tech censorship. The American Conservative Union, ACU, has learned that a recent episode of its America Uncancelled program on the CPAC Now network has been removed by YouTube. The ACU said in a statement, the episode featured coverage of former President Donald Trump's major class action lawsuit against big tech, led by America First Policy Institute. ACU is a plaintiff in the suit. ACU chairman Matt Schlapp said that he believes his account was censored because they are supporting Trump's lawsuit. It is clear that YouTube censored CPAC because we stood with former President Donald Trump on his lawsuit against big tech. This is yet another example of big tech censoring content which, uh, with which they disagree in order to, pr- to promote the political positions they favor. During the censored speech, Trump said that big tech censorship is unconstitutional and unlawful. The CPAC account is suspended from posting for one week. In an email to the ACU, YouTube claimed the organization violated the platform's medical misinformation policy concerning COVID-19 as the reason for removing the video of Trump. YouTube did not specify any statements made in the video that allegedly violated their policies. What did Trump say in a video about censorship that violated their medical misinformation policy? I don't know. To be safe, I'll just say, if you ever have any medical questions, don't get your advice from people on the internet or TV. Talk to your doctor. That's the big thing YouTube says you have to say. All right, we'll be safe. The ACU statement said they believe YouTube was offended by the sound medical research conducted by the Smith Center for Infectious Disease and Urban Health and St. Barnabas Medical Center. Former President Donald Trump referenced a study in a video that YouTube removed, saying that I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you this. The FDA, I have, because YouTube's rules, the FDA and CDC have not issued any guidelines or any approval for these specific treatments pertaining to hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. And I think that actually is important to point out. You know, in full disclosure, here's what's crazy. You can't even talk about the existence of, of these studies. No joke, no joke. I genuinely believe, I, 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 and again, I really, really want to stress this, that any medical question should be taken up by expert medical professionals. Get, his, get a second opinion if you need to. I know you guys hear me say it a lot, but there's, there's two big things. YouTube will delete this video in two seconds for me simply telling you what Trump said, unless I include some of these caveats. And more importantly, uh, dude, it's like legit. You should not be getting your advice from the internet. Like, I mean, you can do your own research. Don't get me wrong. Um, and, and, your responsi- and your health is your responsibility. But, you know, talk to a doctor and um, you're not getting advice from me. I'm telling you that right now. I don't want to get sued by you. That's, a, that's another really important point. When people go on these shows and they say like what you should or shouldn't do, I'm like, bro, you're going to get sued for telling people what they should do. Not nah, you don't do that. I don't give financial advice. I don't give medical advice. But YouTube took this down. Trump was talking about it. Medical misinformation. CPAC was just filming the former president speak and they got censored. Rand Paul was speaking on the Senate floor, a U.S. senator. He said a name. Gone. YouTube took him down. A senator speaking on the Senate floor. I can't say that name. I cannot say that name. No joke. If I do, YouTube will delete this video without question. It's a crazy world we live in, right? You want to pretend that censorship is worse in China? Well, no, no, no. 
it is worse, but it's bad here too. Now, I had a conversation, you know, in my conversation about censorship with China, I'm like, listen, there are a lot of people who say, they say things like, you know, the, the, you know we here in the U.S. have no authority to criticize their censorship. And I'm like, oh, but, but, that, that, no, no, that's wrong. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We do. We do have the moral superiority. You and I, the people who believe in greater free speech. I say greater free speech because I think for the most part, most of us do have our limits. Some people are free speech absolutists. And if you are, then you got the most moral authority because you're being consistent. But for me, for the most part, it's like, don't incite violence. I understand that. You know, don't instruct people on how to do specific crimes. But, you know, outside of that, it's like, have your opinion, speak your mind. I understand the free speech absolutist argument. You can tell people to do something doesn't mean you did it. All right, then. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't approve of government censorship. I don't approve of corporate censorship. And I certainly don't approve of Chinese communist censorship. Why would I be okay with any of it? But, but it is a good point. You can look at China and see how people in America are like, aha, China censoring the people in Hong Kong and shutting down news outlets. Oh, 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 really? Oh, and you mean something like that didn't happen in the US? The government just outsources their censorship. They are desperate to shut down Trump in any way possible medical misinformation policy. Sure, a convenient excuse. Again, you know, don't get your advice from the internet. But I do think it's an excuse. Absolutely. This one's my favorite. Family members and peers are often best positioned to witness signs of mobilization and violence. Violence is wrong. And in fourth and fifth generational warfare, you do not win. You don't. The state has a monopoly on violence. If you think you're going to go out in a protest or something and then, I don't know, uh, be violent in some capacity, you're going to lose so quickly. You'll wish you didn't do it. I'm sure there's a lot of people on the right who are like, we wish January 6th never happened. Although it's not nearly as insane as the left is trying to make it out to be. It was bad. It was a bad riot. And the people who went there gave fuel that they've been using for over six months. And guess what? This is the low year, baby. We're coming off a presidential election. Views for everybody go down. This is the political content drops dramatically. Culture content goes up quite a bit. But a lot of people are just burned down on all of it. And and by cultural content, I mean like movie reviews, not like culture war stuff. So a lot of people are chilling. They just want to go out. They want to ride their bikes on the bike, bike path, go fishing. Just not think about this stuff, man. The midterms. Next year. In the next few months, we're going to start seeing more and more campaigning. In fact, already some people are campaigning. Come next year when the campaigning starts and the Republicans seek to regain control of the House, the Democrats have to shut out the Republicans. It's political warfare. Big tech will do everything in their power. Will my show last on YouTube? I don't think so. Maybe maybe through the midterms. What about 2023? What about when Donald Trump's back and he's campaigning again? And he's speaking. They will they will pass rules to ban 
every single speech by Trump for some reason. They will claim that all of his supporters are providing material support to extremists. They'll, they'll stretch the, 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 the definition of extremist and do everything in their power. There was a tweet I saw. It said, if Republicans win back the House, it's game over. Perhaps. I believe that if the Republicans win back the House, the first thing they should do is impeach Joe Biden. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. You'd think it's a tit for tat. It's not. Joe Biden should be impeached. Because Joe Biden, as far as we can tell from the evidence, was selling his position as vice president for money through his son. Photos emerged showing Joe Biden standing next to Hunter Biden's business associates when Joe Biden told us, I never talked to my son about any of this stuff. Wow, you must have just plugged your ears and yelled, shoot it on a shop of pressure over and over again as his business partners were sitting there with you. Or the investigations into Burisma or the quid pro quo, the Republicans should absolutely move to impeach Joe Biden for those for those uh, misdemeanors and high crimes. Will they? <laughs> of course they won't. The Republicans are spineless losers. There's a small handful. Lauren Boebert's awesome, but these are more of the populists who ran as Republicans. Then we got Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think she's a fighter. And I think it's, it's you know, look, I might not agree with everything she says, that's for sure. At least you can give her credit for having a spine. Lauren Boebert as well. Rand Paul's pretty cool. Thomas Mass is a fighter. Ted Cruz is all right. All right. You know, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, I think, are all right. But these populist Republicans... Who, who came in, I think they're a lot better. They're fighters. It's like the, the answer to the squad, but too many of the Republicans are establishment. You know, they, they, they sit on their hands. They do nothing. 2022 is going to get interesting. And the Republicans might take back the House. Might. I think they only need like 11 seats, which can be easily done. Easily. But we'll see. 2023 will be primary season. You're going to see campaigning like none other. You are going to see more money dumped into all of, uh, of, of, of politics than you saw before. Now, you might think, Tim, Donald Trump's reelection was scarier. No, 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 no. The reelection campaign. No, this will be this will be worse. This will be crazier. You know why? Donald Trump's an old man. He's an old man. He is. He's got a chance. One more chance. You're not going to see an 82, 83 year old Trump running for office. Maybe. Maybe it'll be a Trump family member or something. DeSantis could run again after this. This is it. This is, they've, made, they've taken the center. They, they, the Democrats have taken the center with control of effectively all three branches of government. Somewhat, to an extent, not the Supreme Court, but come on. They've got both, the House, both chambers of, the, of Congress, the executive branch, and a moderately favorable Supreme Court, though it is conservative. Now that they have the center... They need to lock it down. They are going to fire everything to make sure Donald Trump can't get back in. But he's doing really well. The censorship will get worse. Anybody supporting Trump is going to find themselves being censored. The YouTube algorithm is going to start propping up more and more leftists as they do. They are going to isolate content like this. Here's how it works. Oh, you may notice I get hundreds of thousands of views on all my videos, but it's the same people. They've isolated it. So it doesn't exist in the larger ecosystem. Mainstream leftist stuff, front page, no question. That's the plan. That's the game. They shut out anyone who opposes the establishment. 
but they do it slowly. They can't just nuke it. Otherwise, they create a backlash. They need to make sure that you feel you have enough hope that it's possible to win. It's part of their strategy. This is fourth and fifth generational warfare. We must be peaceful, persuasive, and resourceful. And that means the number one thing you can do, share this video and share any other video that you support. They can ban people and shut them out. But if people are sharing videos like crazy, the censorship will have to get to a point where it becomes untenable. And then they lose control. So they're between a rock and a hard place. This is their weakness. You can bypass their manipulations and their algorithms by sharing the content. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast while it lasts. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.